How we doing? Can you just give God a great big shout of how great he is this morning? Come on, if you're thankful for God in your life, would you just honor him today? We love you, God. Come on, do you mean it? We're standing before the king today. Give you glory and honor, oh God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Thank you. Hey, we're, going, we're getting there in worship. We're, we're going to break loose here a little bit. Yeah, we're going to get there. I, you know, I, we in America, we, we've, we've not really seen worship. Now, you go, out of, you go out of America and you go some of these other places. I'm going to tell you, I was watching a video yesterday, um, some kids in Africa, and, and I mean, they were singing the goodness of God. You know that song, uh, the goodness of God, He's faithful, and they had these like these sugarcane sticks, and they took a water bottle and poked a hole in it and stuck it on there like a microphone. And then another one had a cane stick, and he had a made it like a like a guitar. And then another one had some uh, some plastic cans, and there was just a whole choir of kids. But they had a they had a uh, the song playing in the background, but they were singing like like they had a full uh, sound system. I mean, just giving God glory, and I was so blessed because I thought they know how to worship with little of nothing. We have everything and don't know how to worship really. So I I I long for the day to see you to come because look. God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit on you like living waters, he says, refreshing your soul. Like the woman at the well, Jesus said, I'll give you a water that will never run dry. I'll give you something you'll never thirst again. And church, I want you to be prepared over the next few weeks. Just come ready to worship God. Here's the deal. He'll heal you. He'll bring you freedom. He'll make you a better husband. A better wife, a better father, mother, amen. Make your children act better in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So glad you're here today. Thank you for coming. If you're a guest, I hope that the Lord blesses your heart before you leave. I hope that you receive a touch from the Lord. Amen. And I want to take a moment and just welcome all of those watching online right now. I, now I know we have several people, hundreds of people watching online right now. Thank you for tuning in today. I welcome you. Come on, you can do better than that. We welcome you tuning in from your living room, watching on your TV, your phone, your car, wherever you are. I believe that I have a word for you today. We are kicking off a brand new series this morning on the second coming of Christ. Come on, somebody, the second coming of Christ. And I'm excited to bring some new and fresh things to you. And I uh, uh, just want to invite you to be a part of that. If you're uh, not a part of a life group, we kicked off the table on Wednesday night. And I'm telling you, we had a crowd full here. Wednesday night, people coming and joining our groups and uh, studying the Word of God. And so we're going to take this series, and then on Wednesday nights in your groups, you're going to get to talk about it. Because I know that there's a lot of people have questions about Jesus and His second coming. Maybe you're 
been around and you've been a long time Christian and you know you've read a lot of this stuff but you don't really understand it you know what what is the second coming of Christ about or maybe it's not even on your radar but I'm telling you after today I hope you put it on your radar because Jesus is coming soon I believe that with all my heart and uh, and so maybe if you're a new Christian even you're gonna learn some things these are some things you need to be aware of amen so matter of fact when you talk about uh, the second coming of Christ it's all throughout the Bible matter of fact one-third of your Bible did you know it is Bible prophecy and most of it is dealing with end-time prophecy and so I think it's something that we need to be talking about and I believe that we're seeing things right now in our world unless you've got your head in the sand there are things happening in our world right now that are beginning to stage the return of Jesus Christ and matter of fact in the, in the book of Ezekiel in your Bible in Ezekiel 38 you can go there and read it on your own but it, it predicted 3,000 years ago how they uh, uh, all the things and the movement that we're even seeing right now in the earth I mean right now if you look around you see Russia and you see the alliance with China, that's all in the Bible. That was predicted in Scripture and how they would move and converge uh, in the Middle East. And, and some of you are going to learn some things today because I want you to, we ought to be aware. Amen? And so they're, they're both in Syria staging themselves in what the Bible calls the Valley of Jehoshaphat which is the Valley of Judgment. And that's where the final battle of, the, of Armageddon will be. And matter of fact, I was talking to my mom this week, and uh, you know, they've she's been to Israel several times, and we got to talking about how I, I was telling her I, I want to go to Israel so bad right now because and because I, I want to bring the Bible more to life in my mind and my heart because when you begin to see those things over there, it it changes you even more, and I've seen it do it to my mom. But she began to describe when she stood up on the side and looked down into that valley of where this great battle began. And I'm going to tell you, even this week, when she began to, or last week, she began to talk about that, she got emotional because she started thinking about all the terrible things that's going to happen there. The Bible talks about there's going to be bloodshed up to the, the horse's bridle. And some 180 miles long. I mean, you can't even fathom that. And, and so all of this is in the Bible. Matter of fact, there are Russian battleships off the coast of Israel right now, folks. Are y'all with me? And so that alliance has taken place. And uh, the Bible even names the country. When you go there and read it, uh, Russia is called Rosh in the Bible. And then you have the king of the east, which is China. And so it even mentions Iran and how they play a part in this. So I, I just want you to know all of this is in your Bible. And you have a book that has predicted the future, which should give you great confidence in your God. Amen? That was weak right there. You should have great confidence that God already knew. What was going to happen, amen? You have a living God who knows the future, but not only that, he controls the future. That gives me good confidence. And so I think we need to talk about this because this is a, this is a doctrine uh, that is a pillar of our statement of faith and of our Christianity, and it's the fact 
that Jesus is coming again. He is coming again. We all know that he lived here once, but he was resurrected, then he ascended into heaven, but he is coming back. And, you know, I, 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 I can tell there's a little unease when we talk about this subject, and I understand that because people get concerned, like, I don't want to hear that, I don't want to talk about it, but because, you know, there's some crazy stuff uh, going on in our world. But the next few weeks... I'm going to help you unpack this because you shouldn't be afraid. You shouldn't be scared. If anything, you should be excited. And, and, and so even today, you're going to be shocked uh, because it's not what you think. It's not what you think. And so I just simply entitled my message, It's Not a Horror Story. It's a Love Story. It's not a horror story. We, when we think of end times, we think of the end time wrath of God. But the second coming of Christ, really, it's not about 666 and the number of the beast and tribulations and famines and blood and terror. Those things do take place. The wrath of God does take place. But I want you to know today that it's mostly about the love of God. I don't want you to miss this. Amen? Go to your Bibles, John chapter 14. I'm going to show you, and I want you on every scripture we read today, we'll start with verse 1. You're going to begin to notice the language that really stood out to me this week when I was reading these scriptures. But John 14 and 1, look at the first thing he says. Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm here to tell somebody here today. Jesus is coming back, but don't let your heart be troubled. If you're a Christian, guess what? You're on the winning side. You have nothing to worry about. You believe in God, he says. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, and, and if that were not so, would I have told you, watch, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I mean, I have to leave. He's telling his, his disciples, he's telling his people, he's like, look, I got to go because it's not all about earth. It's also about eternity. It's about heaven. And I've got some work to do. And if I go and prepare this place for you, I want everybody to say these words with me. He said, I Come on, say it with authority. I will come back. Jesus said, I am coming back. And not only that, notice this. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you to what? Be with me. Why? Because he says, I want to be with you. I just want to be with you that you also what? May be where I am. In other words, God's saying, I miss you, and I love you. You're my people. You're my kids. Be encouraged, folks. Amen? Now, let's shift over to Acts uh, chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 9. Verse 9. But I, I want to kind of give you the, the previous verse before because... Jesus was talking. He had already been to the cross, okay? He had been resurrected, and now he spends 40 days appearing in his glorified body, giving final instructions 
And uh, he says, look, guys, I'm leaving for good. I'm leaving for good, but I can't take you with me now because we got a world to reach. I can't take you with me now because I have my kids that I want to be with me, and I need you to go be my witnesses. I need you to go witness to every part of the earth. Are we not seeing, even through technology, the Word of God being pushed everywhere right now in part of the earth? Amen? And then he comes and he says this in verse 9. And after he said this, he said, it said he was taken up. In other words, he was snatched up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly... Two men, two angels, dressed in white, stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven. Notice, here it is. You ready? He will. He will. He will in the same way that you've seen him go to heaven. Now, this happened on the uh, top of, the, of Mount um, Olives, okay? And it, this is just east of the old Jerusalem city. And he says, I'm coming back in the same place, in the same manner. And I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm honest. I, I'm going to be honest with you today. I believe that it could be at any time. Amen. 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 The signs of the times are being fulfilled right now. And the world is staging itself just like biblical prophecy said it would happen. People say, well, I want to know what's going to happen. Read your Bible. Get understanding of it. Start studying. Start looking into it. I mean, if there's anything, I want to know when my Lord and Savior is coming back. And, and plus, if this earth is temporary, you think, you think you got some good things now. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because you were meant to live in harmony with Jesus Christ, amen, just like the very beginning, and we're going back to that. Forever and ever. Do you know how long eternity is? Nope, you don't. Forever and ever and ever. So you may say, well, you know what? Uh, every generation has said Jesus is coming back. And I've heard that all my life. I remember I was scared to death. I was in high school and that the guy wrote the book that 1988 or the 88 reasons Jesus was coming back in 1988. Y'all remember that? I mean, I was in high school and I was like, I'm like, I'm living a little crazy right now. Like, I'm a high school boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and I was scared to death. I'm like, is he coming? And, and then I was like, Dad? You think he's coming back in 1988? He said, we don't know, son. We don't know. He can come in any time. But here's the thing. No man knows the hour of the day. Many generations have said that they felt like they've had something to point to that Jesus was coming back. But I'm going to tell you, there is something different. There is something different happening in our generation, folks. And I, I'm very sensitive to the Spirit. I, 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 I try to keep my ear, so to speak, to what's happening to the tone. And, and I, I'm, I feel something different. Is anybody else feeling what I'm feeling? Like there's something different about what's being happening, or not just in America, around the globe. I mean, and did you know that we've actually seen more advancement 
of the gospel in the last 50 years than the previous 1,972 years since Christ? More advancement. We're going to talk about that in, in, in the series where I'm going to give you more st statistics. But it's unmistakable right now that we are seeing or, or we're in a generation of revival. Yes. Yes. Now, you may look around and say, well, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I don't see it anywhere. You know why? Because it's because of the 193 sovereign nations of the world. The gospel is growing faster than the population in all of them but 17. And America is part of that 17. There are five that are actually in decline. They are actually losing. But 12 are actually stagnant. And America is considered one of those stagnant nations. But I'm going to tell you, there's a massive revival happening right now in the Muslim world. Isn't it ironic that Jesus would start there? That he would pour out his spirit right in the Middle East, in all the Muslim nations? It's happening. That's why there's so much persecution even happening. Are y'all are with me? Because they're, they're the Holy Spirit, there's revival that's spreading uh, uh, throughout the Middle East, and it's happening. And I give God praise for that. Amen. He's going to start right in his homeland. I, that's what I believe, and that's what he's doing. There is, I mean, when, if you ever pay attention to it, see, if you don't pay attention, you don't know this. But I'm telling you, literally millions of people are gathering at a time and getting saved, and the Spirit of God is being poured out so powerful, you can't resist it. Now, in week number three, I'm going to show you more statistics, and you're going to be shocked, and, and also about how we're involved with this. But I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. In fact, there's over 300 references in the New Testament of the return of Christ and of the end of times. There's 200, uh, 216 out of the 260 chapters in your New Testament talks about the end of time and the return of Christ. 23 out of the 27 New Testament books have something to say about God's return. I think it's important. I think he wants us to know how important it is. So you may say, well, why is this so important to study? I mean, why does the Bible have so much to say about it? Because I'm going to tell you, the end times is the most dangerous time in history. The most dangerous time. And I think we're sensing that. Just look around, folks. Look at the violence. Okay, for a minute, could you just get your mind out of politics for a minute? Okay. Look around, look globally. Don't be, don't be in, a, in a little shell and let media put us all in a little shell, okay? I want you to open your mind. There is violence around the world like you would not believe right now. I read three articles just last night on global recession they're predicting is coming. Don't hide your head in the sand. I, I mean, don't, and I'm not here to scare you. I'm saying you got to be awake to the signs of what the Bible talks about. We're seeing all kinds of moral decay around the world. Confusion, gender confusion, marriage confusion, moral decay. What's good is called evil, and what's evil is called good. I didn't say it. It's in the Bible. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? It's craziness. And the Bible says a lot of these people that are going to be here, look, even Christians... That are, going to, that are going through this. It's going to be rough. And Jesus said the love of many will grow wax cold. 
I'm trying to keep many from growing wax cold. I don't, I don't want you to not know what's going on. We, I, I don't want that to happen. We got to be prepared. Everybody say prepared. The Bible says as a bride. A bride. Jesus is coming back. Look, he's not coming back for an organization. He's coming back for his bride, for a relationship. He's not coming back so he can say, look at me. No, he's coming back because he's in love. He's looking for a bride, and we're supposed to get ourselves ready for his coming, just like a, you know, a wedding date. I mean, have you ever seen a bride get ready for their wedding? Huh? I mean, if you know the date's coming, and all of a sudden they start looking for the dress and trying to find and losing weight. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, pull it tight because I'm going to lose that, you know. You start looking for a venue. You start getting prepared and the, making the guest list who's coming and who's not coming. And you spend loads of money. I'm blows my mind, folks. I got one daughter. Thank you, Jesus, but I'm even worried. But we've got to get ready. You've got to get ready. We've got to take the end time seriously, especially if we're the generation to usher in the return of Christ and be a part of that great revival. Amen? I want to be a part of that. Anybody else? I want to be a part of the revival that God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit and on all flesh. And he said, you know, here's, it's going to be so strong. I pray that he pours his spirit out on you so much that you're just like a glow walking down the street. I'm not talking about just little old coming to church and make me feel good. And I got my little worship going on and I go on about my week. No, I'm talking about where you are anointed. You are an anointed child of God. Every person in here has been called to build the kingdom. Every person in here is to take up your part of your load. And if you haven't figured that out, you need to figure it out. Those of you watching, God's called you. He's put his anointing upon you. He's appointed on your life. And I want to be a part. I want to be ready when he pours out the fresh oil because I'm going to tell you that when you see that revival come it's just going to take worship first of all to preparing you getting ready for the king you know I mean you think about a bride they're but they're going to get all fixed up they're going to get their hair did their nails done I mean, it, I mean, they're going to get all the makeup done. I'm telling them, we want to we wanna prepare ourselves for our king. He's coming for a holy bride, he said, a pure bride, someone that lives for him and, and has given their life and made their lives a living sacrifice for him and said, you know what? My relationship is way more important than my status in this world. My relationship is way more important than how much I gain. My, way, my relationship is way more important because God is going to use you. And let me tell you something. You, that's why the disciples could walk right by people and people were healed just like that. Because there was a glow of the Holy Ghost on them. I mean, they walked by and it was like, whoop. They just said the word, rise up, take your bed and walk right now. Open up your eyes. See, we can't even, I, I, I can't even get y'all there. I can yell and spit all over the place. That's what I'm doing right now. And still, 
Holy Spirit, do the work because I can't do it. I need the Holy Spirit to do a work in here right now that I can't humanly do, that only he can put a hunger and a thirst on the inside of you. I'm telling you, you're so hungry to come to church, you can't wait to get to church. Why aren't we having service every night, Pastor? Because I got to get to church. I got to get in the spirit presence of the Almighty God. I got friends that need to come and get saved. They just want to come to the house of... I'm waiting for people to beg me to open up the doors so we can have more services and see a move of God. I want it so bad. I'll change my schedule. Because there ain't nothing more important than being in the presence of the Almighty God. There ain't nothing more important than see souls get delivered out of hell and snatched out of hell. Don't, I got to get back to my message, but I'm just telling you, I feel it. I want to be a part of it. You ought to want to be a part of it too. But the main reason I want to talk about this topic, especially today, is because I just want you to be encouraged. I, 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 want you to, I want you to know that simply God just wants to be with you. Out of all the stuff that happens in the end time, He just wants to be with us. That's, I mean, I begin to see that this week. I mean, because, you know, you talking about the end times, it can be negative, negative, negative. No. <laughs> but my Lord and my Savior just wants to be with me. Now, a lot of people, when they think about, you know, the end times, you know, they get freaked out a little bit. You know, they start talking about the mark of the beast and putting 666 on your head and getting you. I mean, I don't know. Now, you know, am I going to be forced to do that? And you go to Target and it's like, beep, you know, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) All the tribulation and people getting their heads chopped off. But listen. If you're a believer, I have better news for you. (laughs) Jesus loves you because it's more than a horror story. I want you all to remember that when you walk out of here. Look at 1 Thessalonians, okay? Let's go back to the Bible, chapter 4. Is this okay if I teach? I love to teach, y'all. I love to teach. We're going to read from verse 15. It says, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive. In other words, the generation that is alive when Jesus returns and who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. In other words, your loved ones, your loved ones that are are born again, that have passed away from this life, they really didn't die. I hope you know that. It was temporary. Their spirit is very much alive right now and is with Jesus. That ought to give you great comfort. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive, that's you and me if it's our generation and our left, it says we'll be caught up. Now, the Greek word there, and I'm not even going to try to say it, okay? But it just means simply you're going to be suddenly snatched. It's not going to be a long, drawn-out thing. It's going to be like, swoom. 
You out of here. And, and actually, in the Latin, that's where we get the word rapture. Now, you won't find the word rapture in the Bible, but that's where it comes from, okay? So he says, you'll be caught up together with my mama, with my dad, with my brother that I've lost, with my sister, with my friend, with my child I lost that I thought was gone for, I'm going to be, I'm going to get back together. Hmm. This is good news. With them in the clouds to meet who? The Lord in the air. And watch this. You ready? Look at this language again. And so we will be what? With. In other words, he's saying my main motivation is not wrath. My main motivation is I just want to be with you. Therefore, encourage one another in these words. I just came to encourage somebody this morning. You have nothing to worry about. Jesus is coming, and we get to be a part of it, and I believe we're going to see a great revival. Amen? Now, I want you to notice the language that it's not wrath, it's not fury, it's not horror. It's that God misses you. He wants to be with you. Why? Because we're family. We're family. We're not an organization. We're his kids. I mean, how many of you love your kids? Now, don't be, don't be raising here if you don't love your kids. I love them sometimes. No, no, I'm just kidding. No. God loves his kids. And the only thing that God gets out of this whole thing, look, out of his death, out of his burial and resurrection, the work of the church and what we're doing right now here on earth, think about it. The, all the end times and tribulation, all the pain, the only thing that he gets is you and me. Out of this whole deal, that's what he's after. You ever thought about that? Some people want to make it all about the pain and all about the bad stuff. No, the whole deal is Jesus went, paid a price. He's been chasing us since the beginning, since he lost us in the garden. He's been after us, chasing, chasing. That's what this whole book is. Every story is God chasing after his people because he just wants to be together again. You have God's spirit on the inside of you. Do you, do you realize that? Sometimes I don't know if we do because we act like it ain't there. Or the way we act. Amen. But you are divinely created. Not on, and, and He said in, in his image. And so the world's going to throw out all kinds of demonic confusion, chaos, and principles of evolution and theories and gender stuff. They're going to throw it all out. It's like, you know, you're just a bunch of pond scum and you wiggled your way out of the pond and you grew a tail and then you shook it off and hair covered all your body. Then it all fell off and ended up up here. And you went from goo to you to the zoo. I mean, I mean, <laughs> and people believe it. I ain't lying. What are they teaching in schools? Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's demonic principles, but the devil doesn't come walking down the aisle looking demonic. Y'all realize that, right? No, he looks good. It sounds good. Sounds right. That's when you ought to be paying attention to everything. When it sounds good. Looks good. Well, they're just doing their job. There's No, sir. That's not what the Scripture says. That's why we have the Scripture. So I'm telling you, you're a mighty, almighty child of God. You're not just, you were not just poof, and there you were. 
There's no way. You're too intelligent for that. Your body is so amazing. When you, if you actually did a study of the human body, no man could even touch that. Ever. If you did a study on all the billions of galaxies and we're just in one, it'll blow your mind. Have you ever looked at a chart and, and they just keep getting larger and larger until you can't even, the earth is not even, you can't even see it. And that there's billions of galaxies within, the, within those galaxies. It's like, it's like, oh my God, you think there's a heaven? You bet, baby. Whew, and it's big. All right, the first two chapters of the Bible, i got to keep moving. When you go to the first two chapters in the book of Genesis, uh, it's man and God. They're in harmony together, right? This is before sin happens, but they're walking together in the garden. They're in perfect harmony, and then what happens? Sin enters. And from that moment forward, again, from that moment forward, it's chaos all through the Bible. Right? Every story. It's just chaos because sin enters the world. And then we get to the last two chapters of the Bible where man and God, it's showing to be in perfect harmony again. So go to the book of Revelation. I want to take you to chapter 21. Remember John, he, he's having a vision. God's given him a vision uh, uh, to write this book of Revelation. And John says this. He says, I saw... A new heaven and a new earth. A new, did y'all see that? Some people think, you know, heaven's just some bliss somewhere. No, he said a new heaven and a new earth. Now, I, I'll be honest, as I, I've always, and I've, even since a kid, I love the outdoors. I love, I'm a nature guy. I love to hunt. I love to be out. I, I love animals. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just that guy. I don't know how I ended up in the city. I don't know. But, that's, but, but I love to go out. To, uh, we've had a place outside the city, and, and it gives me great joy. And so I used even when I was young, man, I spent a lot of time in the woods. And, our, man, we had just hundreds of acres behind us. And, and so, you know, it was just a great exploration for me. And I got more forts built and secret places than anybody knows, you know. But I, I, when, when my parents used to talk about going to heaven, I used to think, well, God, I love you, but I like it here. <laughs> of course, I hadn't been introduced to all the corruption yet as a kid, right? All the bill paying and all the responsibility and all the aches and the pains of life. But look, if you think you like it now, he said, I'm going to create a new earth that's absolutely perfect. Amen. Nothing's going to be, and no sin, no more sickness, no more pain. I'm, if you like to play golf, I believe there's going to be golf. Amen. If you like to hunt and fish, I believe it's going to be there. If you like to shop, guess what, ladies? You won't even need a credit card. you like, just put it on my heavenly account. It's all paid for. Jesus paid on the cross. No interest. Interest-free, baby. He said, we're going to rule and reign on this earth. So I just want to give you a little hope, you know, because, I, I mean, I kind of like, like the good parts of the earth. I hate, the, I hate the, the hatred in this earth. Amen? The sickness. So a new heaven, new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, what? Had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And then he says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Now, watch this. That's, some people are, got this Jerusalem city, but that's actually us. You're the new Jerusalem. 
You're the new, I want you to see that. The church is the new Jerusalem coming down, watch, out of heaven from God, look at this, prepared as a bride. Now notice all the relational stuff. That's not horror. It's relational. He says, as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, not I defeated the devil. No, look, God's dwelling place is where? Oh, that's beautiful. And he will dwell with them. I can't wait to be with him. I get emotional about it because I'm in love with him. I'm in love with my Savior. And it says they will be his people And God himself will be with them, and he'll be their God. And he'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more sitting in that hospital room wondering if your loved one's going to live. I've been there the last three days with my dad. No more of that. Mom, I know you're watching from the hospital right now. No more of that. Someday we're going to be with Jesus. No more sickness. No more Parkinson's. No more dementia. No more kidney disease. No more cancer. Are you here? No more sugar diabetes. No more prescriptions being filled. No more feeling aches and pains all over my body. No more losing my mind. No more struggles. But perfect in harmony. Created in the image of God. In love with my Savior and with each other. What a beautiful, beautiful place. For the old of things, old order of things, what? Passed away. I'm telling you, the full motivation of the second coming of Christ has nothing to do with the horror story that you've been told. It's in there. We're going to talk about it. But the real motivation is I just miss you. Well, PJ, you just don't know me, man. My life is a mess. Even in your mess, you're still God's child. And he loves you and he just wants to be with you. All right, I got to hurry. You say, well, that's awesome, PJ, but I still got some questions. Anybody still got questions? I got questions. I mean, and here's one of the big questions that people ask. Are we living in the last days? Are we living in the last days? And the truth is, if you think about it, that's a silly question. Because you're living in the only days that you have. And if you knew it were your last ones, would it change how you live? I'm trying to wake somebody's spirit up this morning. Because we might just be. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 1 says, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates, we don't need, do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, watch it. 
You're, like I said a while ago, the enemy doesn't come dressed up with a pitchfork. No, you're going to start seeing some peace in places, and it's going to look, oh, everything is good. And, and, but it's still, if you're, if you're saved and you have the Spirit in you, you know that it's twisted. It says they're going to say peace and safety. Destruction will come on them suddenly. Watch this. As a labor pains on a pregnant woman. In other words, you won't know the day, but you'll know the time. If, if, if all the ladies that you've been pregnant, look, when you nine months, you don't know exactly what day, but you know it's coming. That's what he's saying. We're looking at the time. And, it, and he says, you know what? It'll be like a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, talking to you, brothers and sisters, you're not in the darkness. Because you, here's why you're not in the darkness. You have a pastor teaching it to you right now. Those watching online, I'm telling you, don't be in the dark. Amen. So that this day should, uh, this day should surprise you like a thief. In other words, look, you know there's a thief coming. So you're going to do all the things to prepare. You're going to lock your doors. You're going to put up video surveillance cameras. You're going to do everything. He's saying get prepared. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others. In other words, don't be a part of the dark, corrupt thinking that's going on right now. The, the, the corruption, the twisting of, of, of what they're saying. I mean, I, look, I'm not going to get up here and, and start joining sides. I'm just telling you, be vigilant. Look at the Word. We can get, get caught up in what everybody else is saying right now. I'm telling you, you better get caught up in what the Word is saying because the Holy Spirit will lead you and make sure that I'm in agreement with this, not anything else. Are you hearing me? Be sober, he said. Let us be awake and sober for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith, and love, put it on as a breastplate of, uh, and the hope of salvation as our helmet. Now, I want to show you this real quick. Watch this. You ready? I want you to read it with me. It says, for God did not. Did y'all see that? God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. Now, I know there's a lot of different teaching on this, but that's a direct promise that you will not go through the tribulation. Some Christians think we will, but they can help themselves because I'm going up in the first elevator. But yeah, I don't know about y'all, but I, I'm. Jesus said, I'm coming. I'm like, you ain't got to ask me twice. Wait a minute. Let me get my jacket. No, I'm in the shower, Lord. So what? Came in the earth naked, you can go with me naked. You know what I'm saying? In fact, the Antichrist cannot even be revealed until the church is gone. Why? Because the one that holds the Antichrist back will be gone. It's the Holy Spirit. Do you know right now, the, you think it's bad? You ain't seen nothing. Nothing. 
Because it's the Holy Spirit that's holding back even Satan from doing even more, pushing back the darkness. And where does the Holy Spirit live? Inside of you. And so the Antichrist can't even come until you're gone. Are y'all hearing me? Then he will come. So he says, for God did not appoint us to suffer wrath but to receive salvation from our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, are y'all seeing that? Every time it's with him, together with him. Every scripture you read, therefore, encourage and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. So listen, before we get into all the details, all the 666 and the end times and the tribulation, and I just wanted you to know you don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be afraid. You just need to be encouraged. And I'll end with this. John gets a revelation of Jesus. He's on the Isle of Patmos. And the last words that are in your Bible in red ink, I'm going to read them. That means those are words that Jesus spoke through even John. You know, last time he was on earth was, remember, Acts 1 and 8. But then he speaks again to John. And here's what he says. Revelation 3.20. He says, behold. Behold. I stand at the door. And knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he's knocking on your heart. He said, if they'll just open my heart, I will come in and watch this and dine. Dine with him and he with me. You notice the intimacy there? It's not horror. Love. The first thing that we're going to do when we get to heaven, you know what we're going to do? Eat. Thank you, God. And I think, you know, I mean, that, I mean, all, all the men say amen. amen. I know there's a lot of other stuff going to be going on, but first thing we're going to do is eat. All the Cajun people be like, yes. You can have whatever you want. You want barbecue? You want Tex-Mex? You want, you want to get some good Cajun food? Come right on over here. We'll get you some. I can't speak Cajun. It's going to be a feast. Why? Because we're family. What do you do with family usually when you get together? Some of you know, some of y'all got big families. Like y'all just have, y'all just have a, like it's like a cook-off, man. Just invite me, please, you know what I'm saying? But with that in mind, let me show you a detail that you've probably never seen in the resurrection. I couldn't wait to get this to you. Remember the morning that Jesus rose again? And Peter runs to the tomb. And he sees the clothes that Jesus had on his body that he was wrapped in just thrown everywhere. They were scattered, but his body was not there. But John's gospel adds a detail. Look at John 20 and 7, the last scripture. It says, and the napkin that was about his head, okay, so there's a separate napkin wrapped around his face, had been wrapped there. It's the one that was around his head, not, it's not lying with the linen clothes. It wasn't with the other scattered clothing, but it was wrapped together in place. Another version says folded neatly. 
in place by itself. <laughs> Before Jesus left, he had enough. I mean, just to leave a little clue. He left a little clue. He took the napkin and he folded it. What does it mean? Well, it means kind of the same thing with us. But in the Hebrew culture, if you got up from the table and you weren't done eating yet, you took your napkin and you set it next to your plate because that, that, that kept the servant from coming along and taking your food away. I mean, now, if you're, gonna, if you're done, you just take it, water it, water it up, throw it on the middle of the plate, amen? All I'm here to tell you is that Jesus folded the napkin. Why? Because he's coming back again. Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. So now I got something to praise him about. about. You ain't got to, I don't want to work nobody up to praise him. I want you to come ready to praise him because you're in love with him. Come on, somebody give him praise in this place. Can I get two or three people ready to praise him this morning? He's coming back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. He's coming back. I heard a song this morning. I'm going to give it to the worship team because was, it was talking about heaven. I'm like, they're going to have to learn that in two weeks because they're going to have to sing it here. But it was talking about heaven, talking about meeting Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, don't just have your mind on earthly things. you got to look up, and you got to live like you're going to live forever. You got to see into the eternal life Jesus promised for us, and it's going to happen. Don't hide your head in the sand to the circumstances we are in as a world. I'm standing up here prophesying to you today through the Word of God. Jesus is coming soon, and there's a revival coming too, and I want to be a part of it. I know some of you got some preaching you. I'm telling you, some of you got some preaching in you, and it's going to come out during the end time. It's going to come out because there's a revival needs to happen. And those of you who know the word, may you rise up and may he take control of your tongue and begin to speak the things of God, begin to declare the works of God, begin to show them how you live. Be a light. Three things I'm leaving with you. Number one, get right with God. If you're not right with God, it's time to get right with God. Because you're saying, well, what do I need to do? I'm telling you what to do. You need to get right with God. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Repent. Get right with God. And look, and don't, church, don't think it's all for those sinner people. No, somebody, it's us church people that really need to repent. We so church for so long, we don't even know how to have church anymore. No, I'm so church to my mind. Oh, man, I am just right. Sorry. Cleanse yourself and say, God, I just want pure worship. I want a pure relationship with you. Get right with God. Secondly, you need to have some, rely on some godly relationships. Get here on Wednesday night, folks. It was awesome Wednesday. You need some healthy spiritual relationships and friends in your life. Study the Word of God together. And lastly, let's do everything we can 
Are you with me? Use every gift you have to make a difference. All each of y'all hear me say that all the time. I'm gonna keep repeating it because vision keeps leaking. I'm gonna keep filling it back up. Let's make a difference. Now I want to take a moment. I'm gonna do something a little bit different. Normally I just ask you to bow your head and if you want to give your heart to Jesus, you can do it right there where you are. But I'm gonna make I'm I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I'm if you are ready to just make things right with God, period, whether you've been saved or not been saved. I'm going to ask you to step out of your, your seat and take a step of faith because I want to pray with you. If you're ready to just get things right, you're ready to just, man, you're ready to go all out with God. Would you take a step of faith right now and just come up here real quick? I'm not going to hold you long. Come on, anybody. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. Come on. God is talking. Come on, I see you. God is talking this morning. God is talking this morning. Hallelujah. You have overcome. There's greater things to come. Y'all realize that's a song our church wrote, right? Some of you don't even know that. That's our first CLC song we've written, and it's such a powerful song. Amen. Keep coming, keep coming. Y'all keep coming forward. There's people coming. Come on, mama. Come on, I see you. Cain and all. Bring it on, baby. Bring it on. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for stepping up here today. Obviously, the Spirit of God is talking to your heart this morning. Young man, the Spirit of God is all over you right now. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. He needs some men mind praying with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ready? I'm going all out. I'm going all in, Jesus. All right, let me say it another way. How many of you, you, you you're just ready to do something? And I, you want to be used by the Lord. Would you come up and take a step of faith? You ready, you ready for God to use you? You just need the Holy Spirit to anoint you to do it. Come on. If you're here today, come on. That, that should be almost everybody in the building. Y'all just keep coming. I'm going to keep giving altar calls so everybody's up here, so you might as well come on now. Hallelujah, church. We got to get together. Come together, come together, come together, come together. Y'all keep coming, pushing in, pushing in, pushing in. Get as close as you can. You can spread out on the sides if you have to. Hallelujah. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Now, there's one other audience I've not forgotten about you. 
you're watching online right now. Just because you're watching through a television or some platform, I'm telling you, it doesn't mean the Spirit of God can't move on your heart right now. And I know you're not physically here, but I invite you to participate right there in your living room. Even if you get down on one knee, get down on your knees, lift your hands to God. I'm going to ask everybody to join them right now. Well, can we just lift our hands to God? Do it as a sign of you have all of me. I'm giving you all of myself. Do it as a sign of God, I'm seeking you first. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. And Lord, whatever area is blocking me from living that way, show it to me. Reveal it to me. Because you have been created for such a time as this. Right now is your time. Look, and if there's some stuff going on in your life, God is a forgiving, he's merciful, he's merciful, he's a forgiving God. He'll cleanse you right now. And so if you just need to be cleansed, just say, God, forgive me. God, I'll repent today. If you have been so church, you've, you've gotten into this, just a church oblivion, you need to repent from church, you just want Jesus, you don't want just an organization, you want to be a part of the last effort of ushering in the presence of God, saying, God, forgive me of that. I want you. All of you. Now I want you to say this with me. We're going to pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I know you love me. I know you're coming back soon. But in the meantime, there's some lost kids that you're waiting for. I pray, Lord, that you would take my talents, my giftings, my personality, my voice, my skill set, my everything, my heart, and, Lord, use it to build the kingdom of God for your glory, to help snatch out souls from the pit of hell, to see my family saved, to see my kids saved, to see my grandkids saved, to see my marriage saved, to see my daddy saved, my mom saved, my sisters, my brothers. Use me, God. Anoint my mind. Anoint my mouth. Give me the words. Give me the ability to be used mightily by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give God praise right now. We receive it. We receive it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing it together. Greater things are to come. Sing it together, church.
Get right with God. Give it all to God. Debbie and I need you to work with us. We're sold out to this. Amen. Hey, the enemy has come against our household with sickness and disease. But it's not going to stop us. We're going to keep pushing forward. Hey, we're, we're down at the hospital somewhere, downtown medical center every week. But uh, you know what? I'm getting up and saying, God, you're going to take the church. I don't, are you going to pastor where I came, pastor? Lord, let the people help me pastor the church. I, I can't do this by myself. I don't want to do it by myself. I want God to get the glory. You just have to step up and take your mantle and do it with an humble spirit. Do it with conviction and an humble spirit and go out and let's see what God's going to do. You ready? If you're a guest this morning, come by VIP. I'd love to meet you. That's right out to my right, to these double doors. Go get your kids if you need to. Come by and see me for a minute. Church, Wednesday night. If you're not in a group, you can find a group. We'll, we'll put you in one. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you here Wednesday night or next Sunday. I love you. What's up, buddy? How are y'all? I see.